Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. I hope you'll check those books out. You can go to DorendaWilson.com to do that. You can also find them on Amazon, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the uh, two places that I just mentioned. All right, so I also, in case you didn't know, have a mentoring course. It's an online mentoring course um, where I just share my experience of taking a more simple, unhurried approach with our kids and uh, get into more specifics of what that looks looked like for us and why. So if you're wondering, what does it look like to go through kindergarten to 12th grade, taking a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling. Is that going to be enough? And I think what you'll find is that it's actually a very full education for our kids. It's just not conventional, but it's a heck of a lot less stressful. So I hope that you will check out the mentoring course. I will leave a link in the show notes for that. And I am going to be speaking in several places throughout this conference season of 2023. One of the places that I will be is Kansas City, Missouri. That is going to be happening here at the end of the month in March, uh, the month of March. So we're March, uh, I think it's March 30th to April 1st. I think those are the dates. Um, I have a link in the show notes that will bring you to all the places that I'll be speaking at. And you'll be able to go there and click on any of the events that you're interested in attending. I would love to meet you in person. So in April, the end of April, I will be in Boston. The end of May, I will be in Alberta, Canada. In June, I'll be in Virginia at the HEAVE conference. And then in uh, just four days later, I'll be back in Denver for the Czech Homeschool Conference. Um, It's actually, I think it's called the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference. But anyway... Check is the one who hosts it. And uh, so I'll be there. Also be in Northern California, uh, Rockland, California in July. So I hope that you will go to that link and check out the places that I will be. See if you could possibly be at any of those. And um, hopefully we can actually connect and meet in real life. So speaking of real life, math is very much a real part of our lives as homeschooling moms. And I just got this email recently from a mom who is absolutely thrilled with CTC Math. She had this to say, I now have my son on CTC Math. He is my oldest of five and he loves it. He told me that he likes that he can move he can move on faster than our previous material allowed him to move on. This also has freed me up for 20 minutes to spend more focused time with my two and three-year-olds. This is fantastic. Thank you for telling um, for telling your podcast listeners about CTC Math. I can already tell this will be very helpful for us. And so if you want to go check them out, they have a free trial offer. Just go to ctcmath.com. I will leave a link in the show notes for you as well. 
All right. So today I'm going to be talking about, well, giving a gentle encouragement for mother-in-laws. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode, um, specifically dealing with the tendency to want to interfere, because I think that is every mother-in-law's tendency, um, with usually very, um, you know, heartfelt and good intentions, but I have also heard from several moms who have written in and shared their struggles with their mothers-in-law. And the thing is, these letters from these these daughter-in-laws have been very sweet and very respectful. They want to do the right thing. Um, And so I wanted to just create a podcast that would sort of give them an idea of where the boundaries need to be and maybe possibly be able to pass these episodes on to mother-in-laws. And sometimes it's just... You know, it's just one of those things where uh, you have to know whether that's an okay thing to do in your specific relationship with your mother-in-law. But uh, being a mother-in-law is not easy um, in in terms of it, it's it's very different than being a parent. It's a good thing because it really, really grows us, but um, it can be a very much a learning curve. Um, and so the other reason that I wanted to do this episode is that moms have written in and asked how they can prepare to be a mother-in-law, which I love. I love that they're thinking about this already, um, which is great because you think about this in terms of, uh, you're thinking in terms of, okay, what's it going to be like to be a mother-in-law while you're raising your kids? Um, So you're raising your kids with maybe some of these things in mind that I'm going to be sharing today. Um, And also as your kids are dating or courting or whatever, you know, considering a spouse, these are also, you know, as a as a potential mother-in-law, you have to think some things through as well. So I'll give you a a, a very uh, practical example. One of our sons j- just started dating this young gal, and um, she was a believer, so that was fantastic. Um, and but she she did not she was not a fan of homeschooling. <laughs> And she really wasn't a fan of having kids anytime soon and certainly not having, you know, a bunch of kids. So kind of the things that I was passionate about were things she was, it felt like she was maybe actually against. And I was trying to reconcile this because I know our son he was very, um, very much an advocate of homeschooling and wanted to homeschool his kids. I I already knew that. Um, And I knew he wanted children and I knew he would make a fantastic father. So I was trying to reconcile like, what's happening here? This doesn't seem like it, it might not go together. So I just, I pulled him aside and we have a really good relationship. And I just said to him, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, um, you know, it seems like this person isn't a fan of this and isn't a fan of this. And I know that you are, like, I know you, and I know that these things are important to you. Um, so how do you, how do you reconcile that? And he just looked at me and said, mom, um, she's, she seems like she's very convinced about the things that she's talking about, but I know she's not, and she's very reasonable. And I know that she'll listen and we'll have those conversations. And I'm pretty sure she's going to change her mind. And so I had to, at that point, let go. This is kind of those beginning stages of of this mother-in-law type of experience is I had to say, you know what? I'm going to trust his judgment. Um, I know that I raised him well. I know he's a solid kid, a solid young man. And so I'm just, I'm just going to have to let go. 
and I'm going to have to trust him and trust his judgment. Well, fast forward, (laughs) they had their first baby before their third anniversary. Um, She's a big fan of homeschooling now. And so, you know, he was absolutely right. And, you know, that's not always going to happen. Sometimes you're going to end up with a daughter-in-law or son-in-law that don't see eye to eye with you on some of these things. But I was very thankful that, you know, God worked in her heart and he, you know, chose to lead her that direction. Um, And I was praying, I was praying as well. So that just is kind of an example of um, one of the ways that you prepare yourself to be a mother-in-law is how you invest in your kids. What kind of relationship do you have with them? And also, this is super important, um, keeping that mutual respect especially through those teen years where um, they're still wanting you to speak into their lives. Um, They're not dependent on you. Obviously, we want them to become more and more independent, making their own decisions, but they they care what you think, but not more than they should. I think that's a a huge goal to shoot for as they they move towards adulthood. So you want to have the kind of relationship with your kids where as they leave the home, start their lives, meet their spouse, get married, they still respect you and want you to speak into their lives. And so um, with all of that in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. Now, I have only been a mother-in-law for 10 years. And to some people, that might sound like a long time, but I still feel like I am learning on a huge learning curve. Um, But that is the nature of each season. You know, um, when you have a 10-year-old child, you've been mothering for 10 years, you still feel like you're on a learning curve, right? And it's the same thing with being a mother-in-law. It's a process and it's one we must walk in step with the Lord on. Um, Now, I know if I'm going to speak to you directly to you mother-in-laws, maybe your daughter-in-law, your son gave you this episode to listen to. I just want you to know that I know how much you love your kids and your sons-in-law and your daughters-in-law and and your grandchildren and how much you want the best for them. But I would encourage you to listen to some of the gentle encouragement that I have here for you and to just, you know, obviously this isn't an exhaustive, um, (laughs) exhaustive episode on this. However, Um, I really believe the Lord can illuminate certain things um, for you to pay extra attention to or even just to tuck in your hat for a later date. I did a lot of that over the years, you know, as I watched different relationships between mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, son, and, and, you know, grown son, grown uh, daughter and their parents and like just tucked these little things into my hat when I saw something being done well, you know, tuck that in my hat. When I saw something not being done well, tuck that in my hat. So this might be that for you as you listen. Okay, so here are some things to remember. This is very, very, very important. Um, our son or daughter and their spouse have left their parents and should be cleaving to each other. That is biblical and scriptural. We should never, never, never get in the way of that. We need to respect their household and the establishment of that household. Our kids are not going to do everything the same as us. We didn't do everything the same as our parents. We, we took what we thought was good and we implemented it. 
And then we took uh, what our husbands thought was good. You know, our husbands took what they thought was good and implemented it. And together, we we came together as a brand new household, okay? Um, so our kids are establishing their own household. We need to let them do that. Um, each spouse, like I said, brings their own personality and family culture, and they come together to create their own unique family culture. So it's absolutely imperative that we are not divisive in our adult children's marriage or in their parenting. And this can happen very quickly in a simple passing negative statement. It could be passive aggressive. It could be uh, kind of joking around. Um, But what our kids need from us is they need to see confidence in their choice of a spouse And we need to support that marriage covenant because once they are married, that is a lifetime covenant. And God has said what he has joined together, let no man put asunder. If we get in the middle of that and we become divisive, it is not going to go well for us and it's not going to go well for our relationship with them. So we need to be absolutely committed to supporting that marriage. Um, I think it's important to remember that uh, to use our words carefully, be mindful. Like we can say things to our own children that we should never say to our daughter-in-law or son-in-law because they will not have the um, context that our kids have. You know, like um, for instance, you know, a son will love his parents because he is connected to them, bonded with them, grew up with them, understands the nuances of the relationship. And so when mom says something that's maybe a little off, he'll just blow it off because he knows she doesn't really, she doesn't really mean it or it's not that important or it'll just pass. You know, he knows that. But as a daughter-in-law, that could really put a little hook in her and get under her skin and cause her to feel criticized or insecure. And this is the other thing we have to be super careful There is a bit of a a competitive nature there can be between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And this is one reason why I told my boys, I said, I'm before they were ever married or dating, I said, I'm terrified of daughter-in-laws because I, I, I know that that, that feeling can be there. And what I never, ever wanted was for my daughter-in-law to feel like we were in competition for her husband and my son. That should never be a thing. Yes, he is your son. Yes, he is my son. But now he is her husband, and that takes priority over being our sons. And so I think that's super important. We've got to let go, and we have to let them establish their household, and we need to encourage that daughter-in-law as much as possible and son son-in-laws as well. But I don't I think there isn't the same dynamic between a mother-in-law Uh, a mother and a son-in-law. So we need to, I think that daughter-in-law and mother-in-law thing is a little more of a, of a thing. And so we need to really, really pay attention to that. Um, We have to remember whether it's our daughter who got married or our son who got married. Either way, the husband is the head of the home. This is biblically speaking. He is now the head. He takes the lead. He is new at it. He is new at it. We need to give them space to grow and to 
just make their own way. And what that means is we need to not interfere. We need to let them learn to lead. Let them make their mistakes. Now, obviously, if there is a moral thing going on, I'm talking lying, stealing, unfaithfulness, that's a whole different category. But there are so many things that don't fall under that category that wreck relationships between uh, you know, between in-laws and their and their son and daughter-in-law or daughter and son-in-law, and it's completely unnecessary. And so much of it could be waylaid and and not even need to happen if we would just step back and butt out. And that's a very hard thing to do sometimes, but it is absolutely essential. So I told our boys, I'm terrified of of having daughter-in-laws. I'm so afraid I'm going to mess this up. Well, they looked at me and said, Mom, you have got to trust our choice of spouses that it's not going to be like that. <laughs> and, you know, they were right. I was, it was, was not really fair for me to not, I didn't really see it as not having confidence in their judgment, but that's how they took it as a bit disrespectful. And so I needed to back off and say, you're right. I need to trust your judgment. And so um, fast forward, boys uh, got married. Uh, girls were married first. Um, so they've been married 10, both of them have been married 10 years. And then um, and then several years later, boys got married. A couple of the boys, three of the boys are married now. And, and it's just been such a great journey because these young women love the Lord. And that's just, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's all I want. I want them to love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want them to love my son well. And they both do that. And that's the standard, you know, like they are loving him well. They're figuring things out always, just like we still are, even after my husband and I, after being married 33 years, there's still things we have to figure out along the way. So that never actually ends. We're just much further down the road than they are. And we've, like I said, we've got to let them have the space that they need to do that and to do it together. Um, Often, if uh, my daughters are asking me something, um, maybe parenting advice or something like that, um, or even just advice in general that really does affect both of them, I typically ask them, what, what does your husband say? That's my first question. Have you asked him about it? And that is super helpful because then if I know what he says, then I can help affirm his leadership as my daughter is sharing some of the things that he's suggesting. And, you know, maybe she's struggling with some of it and I can help give her perspective on his perspective on it Um, and also just encourage her to, you know, maybe if she has a legitimate concern, go back to him and ask him about it. And if he still wants to make that decision, respect the decision and trust that God is going to lead through her husband. Because there's times my husband has made decisions that I wasn't fully on board with and realized when it was all said and done, it was a good decision. And I actually didn't know what I was talking about. (laughs) And the same thing's gonna happen with our kids. Again, they're learning and they're growing. And then when it comes to their role as parents, this is absolutely essential because I do hear from moms who are like, how my mother-in-law is questioning our decision to homeschool. And... um, she keeps telling us we have to we should send our kid to the same Christian school that you know she sent their kids to. Why why wouldn't you do that? It's a good school. Okay, stop. We we just need to not do that. It's one thing to throw the idea out there, and if if our daughter in law and son or son and uh, son in law and daughter don't bite, 
drop it. Just drop it. Our job is to affirm their role as parents, not to undermine it. Okay, so we do not have to understand everything that they decide to do. Although it's not wrong to ask questions, this can actually be an effective way to influence without being disrespectful or interfering or pushy. So questions like instead of when they say they've decided to homeschool and our response is, well, why don't you just send them to the Christian school? It was great for our boys. I don't understand why. No, don't go there. Instead, say something like, oh, that's interesting. Well, what made you decide to do that? We're seeking to understand their decision rather than judging their decision immediately. Um, Because really, we can't be a good judge of their decision unless we know all the facts. And at the end of the day, if they believe that they are doing the best thing for their child, then we need to support that. We need to be supportive of that. Um, I mean, I would seriously struggle if any of my kids decided to send their kids to public school. I would really, really have a problem with that. And it would have to be navigated very, very carefully. I I mean, I'm like 99.9% sure that none of them would do that because to this day, they will all tell me that. But I, you know, some mother-in-laws are in that position. And um, so we have to be, if we want to be able to continue to influence and continue to be able to speak into their lives. Now, when I say influence, I'm not saying change their mind. I'm saying be able to say, have you thought about this option and have them respect that opinion and truly consider it. And that's what we really want. And then if they decide something else, again, we back off, we let it be. Um, But always being respectful and not coming across with the spirit of interfering. We may need to pray about that because sometimes our personalities, a couple of things. Um, Some of us are strong personalities. We have much confidence built after many years of parenting. And we just feel like, gosh, this makes sense. Why wouldn't you see it this way? We have to back off. We have to let them walk this journey and not try to force our way. This is not our decision. These these responsibilities are not ours. We are not going to stand before God responsible for the education of our grandchildren. Our daughters, sons, daughter-in-laws, son-in-laws, they will stand before the Lord. So our adult children's choices are not our responsibility. So don't confuse your job as a parent with their job as a parent. We had our chance, we made our decisions, and now we have to let them do the same. So another little piece of uh, counsel that I would give and a, a word to the wise is to not give unsolicited advice. So we don't, again, we don't wanna lose the ability to speak into their lives So we are staying, uh, we're coming at everything from a perspective of encouragement only. Whatever is positive, say it. Even if it's the smallest thing, stay positive. Um, Now, it can be, again, challenging to make the transition from directive parenting to stepping back and letting go, but it is a transition we need to make. The other thing I was going to say that can be challenging at this point in the game is typically we are either in perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, and all of those create a whole uh, sort of a recipe for confrontation Um, because I know that in my childbearing years, I could go, it would take a lot to get me 
at 100. And now I feel like I can go from zero to 100 in five seconds flat. And all of a sudden, I've got the worst case scenario in my head. And I'm like, what is going on here? I know that this is a whole new body that I'm dealing with. You know, the hormones are completely different. I am like, my whole body is different now. And that is that is actually a physiological fact. And so mother-in-laws, you need to bear that in mind. You have changed. Your body has changed. Your thinking could be (laughs) altered from what it used to be. We might not be as reasonable as we think we're being. So we need to be super careful. We need to exercise a massive amount of self-control. And uh, so that is something to really, really bear in mind because um, it is really a thing. And and also daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws, I want to say the same to you. Know that your mother-in-law is dealing with a lot um, in terms of her body changing. And that's not an excuse for her to be uh, unkind, disrespectful, or interfere. But I would would say just maybe show a little bit of grace for that. And also just there's a, a certain amount of grief, and I know this sounds crazy, um, maybe it doesn't, but just grief in going, okay, these are not my decisions anymore, and I don't have control over this anymore. I have to let this go and just that transition from actually being able to make these decisions to not being able to make these decisions. You know, first we learned how to make these decisions and that was a struggle and a learning curve. And now we're on the other end of it and we're having to not participate in those decisions. And again, it's like another, it's kind of a bit of a grief because it's something that you used to be able to do and now you can't and you shouldn't and and you've somehow got to navigate that. So really grace on both ends. That's what I would encourage mother-in-laws. That's what I would encourage daughter-in-laws, like be gracious with each other and really work toward understanding one another and communicating in a healthy, respectful way. Don't do the passive aggressive thing. Don't do the disrespectful thing. Don't do the um, talking behind each other's back thing. Um, sometimes we need to process something with our husbands about our mother-in-law simply because we we're gaining, trying to gain a better understanding of her. And I've sometimes had those conversations. I try not to make them very often, um, but I've had a handful with my sons to help me just simply better understand my daughter-in-laws. And the thing is that my daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, they love the Lord. So we have this foundation already that we look at the scripture and we both, we all agree, uh, this is how we're supposed to treat each other. And and they understand the respect and the honor thing. And I understand the look, I've got to respect and honor you as well in your household and your marriage. And the fact that my son, that I grew inside of me and raised and have so much of a bond with is now yours. You know, he'll always be my son, but at the end of the day, the number one thing he is now is your husband and the head of your household. And so respecting that and, um, you know, when it comes to, family gatherings and things like that. We, as mother-in-laws, can be disappointed that they're not showing up or they're choosing to do something else, but we really need to cut them loose to make those decisions and to say, you know what? Have fun, you guys. We'll really, really miss you, but maybe we can get together some other time. If we can do that, it it, it will build so much trust with our 
uh, sons-in-laws, daughters-in-law, uh, and uh, sons and daughters um, in, in those marriages and those established households. It's so worth it. But again, it takes a lot of self-control. And you know what the scripture says? You know, basically, as believers, we are to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. And sometimes just saying that, it's okay. We're going to miss you. We really wish you were here, but have fun, and we'll hopefully see you soon. And it's like it's like a death inside because you really, 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 really want them there. But it is a denying of ourselves and understanding that at the end of the day, we are making a long-term investment in that marriage and in that family. And so stay positive, stay supportive, remain loyal no matter what. Be fiercely, ridiculously loyal to your sons-in-law and your daughters-in-law and, and uh, son and daughters, sons and daughters. Um, do not speak negatively about them to anyone else. It is so easy to quote unquote vent, but I believe it's not helpful. It is not helpful. At the end of the day, I it, it does not honor God and it does not honor the relationship. Don't say anything to someone else that you would not say directly to their face. And hopefully <laughs> you're respectful to their face. You know what I mean? I'm, I, mean I mean that within boundaries. Um, so this is a big thing because it, I, it is very easy to just dump on a friend, you know. I'm not saying there isn't a place to process, but let it be a fruitful conversation. Um, and honestly, if you could just keep it to a minimum, I think that is the wisest thing to do. Um, it is easy to say, oh, I just need to vent. Or yes, I'm trying to solve the problem, but really we're just, we're just um, maliciously talking about them. And, and, and it's wrong. It is wrong. And we need to repent of that. And we need to turn the other, turn around and go the other direction. And at the end of the day, our biggest job as um, parents of adult children and married children is, is to pray. I know, you know, you might be like, oh my gosh, you know, you know what? Your prayer life will grow dramatically as the parent of an adult and an adult married child. And this is a very, very good thing because you will see God answer very specific things. So I'll give an example. If I've had a bit of a, you know, something's gotten under my skin uh, with, you know, a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law, first thing I do is go and pray. Lord, here's what's going on. And then I acknowledge God's sovereignty over the situation. Is there something in my own heart that needs to be dealt with? Like reveal sin to me. If the, if this is just bringing out something, a character issue for me and a sin issue for me, I want to deal with it. And then I'm praying over the situation, asking God to work in the hearts of the people involved. And I'm asking specifically for what I want or what I think is needed and then I ask God if there's a, if I'm supposed to say something, would you please just give me the opportunity and the words? Otherwise, I'm just going to zip it and I'm going to continue to lay this at your feet. Okay, and this is this is our default as as in laws, and even as adult, uh, you know, parents of adult children. So we can pray things like uh, praying for our adult children to plant their feet firmly on biblical principles of marriage and parenting. If we're like, oh, I think that parenting strategy is not a good one. We're not going to say anything. We're just going to pray. Lord, I have a little concern about this specific thing. Would you please work in their hearts? Moms, 
listen, mother-in-laws, we made our mistakes too along the way. And we've got to let our kids make their mistakes and learn from them. And the best way for them to do that is to hear it from the Lord, not from us always correcting them and telling them they're doing it wrong. We don't want to do that. Um, And then whatever specific things concern you, like I just mentioned, pray for those specific things. Because here's the thing, it our essential role may be that our prayers alone make the difference. So in other words, we may notice things that no one else does because God is calling us to pray for those things. And in that way, we are blessing our children and our grandchildren. So take that knowledge, that wisdom that you have from being a parent all these years and turn that into prayer. You know, if you see something, you go, ooh, I'm a little concerned about that. Lord, um, here's my concern with this. Could you please, you know, could you please handle that? Work in the hearts of so-and-so and so-and-so and help this um, to end up being something good. Maybe what Satan means for evil, would you turn it into something good? Let it be a fruitful thing that glorifies you and grows their marriage, grows their parenting, things like that. Also, pray multi-generationally. Um, Again, we have a more clear and wise perspective as older women, typically, not always, but we need to use that to pray and encourage not to interfere. So I am praying for my children, their spouses, my grandchildren and their future spouses, my great-grandchildren and their future spouses, and I'm praying over all of them. And I have very specific things that I pray over them. And one of the things is that the little ones that are here, my nine grandchildren, and the, the ones that are to come, that they would come into ownership of their own walk with the Lord at an early age, that they would follow him all the days of their lives. They would not divert to the right or to the left, that they would not know a day without Christ. So that's just one of the things that I pray for. So pray multi-generationally. So um, just to wrap things up, just to kind of recap the important things, if I were just to put it in a nutshell, be fiercely loyal, zip it, Let your uh, default be that we're going to zip it and we're going to pray. Become a prayer warrior for your children, your grandchildren, and the coming generations. And then if you do feel led, okay, so now I'm going to get to that point where it may be a situation where you do feel led to, to speak to them about something. Check with your husband first. Get his stamp of approval because, again, he is the head of the household. Um, get his approval. Uh, maybe if it's a man-to-man thing, have him talk to the husband man-to-man and you don't have to participate in it. Or if we as women need to speak to the both of them with our husbands or or with the wife, we do so respectfully and only with the Lord's leading. Again, asking questions to gain a better understanding. And so again, back to that rule of thumb, always pray first ask yourself, you know, zip it and ask yourself if this is a moral issue or just a preference. And so many times the things that we're concerned about are merely a preference and we do not have the perspective of their parenting role or their marriage um, to be able to really say for sure what's best for them. But if we do believe that something's going on that we don't think is healthy, not necessarily immoral, again, we're going to drop on our knees and we're going to take it before the throne room because again, 
God is working all the time. This is His work that He is doing in our children, in their spouses, and our grandchildren. Our job is to step back, lay these things before the throne room, be a prayer warrior for our families. Be that interceder for our families. Intercede for them. This is one of the strongest and most powerful roles that we play as 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 mother-in-laws, as parents of adult children, and as grandparents. So I hope you found some encouragement here. Thanks for listening. Um, we're going to go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be the parents of adult children, to be a mother-in-law to a daughter-in-law or a mother-in-law to a son-in-law. Thank you for all the things that you have to teach us through those relationships. God, may we not become stubborn and unteachable just because we're getting older and we think we know what's best. Lord, help us to remain humble and teachable and prayerful. Lord, keep us from interfering. Help us to be respectful. Help us to honor. Help us to encourage. Help us to support the marriage, to support the parenting, Lord. Um, and to just um, contribute whatever we can to help these families grow into the families that you have called them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.